Welcome to Presence Practice. I'm Tim. And I'm Heather. In this podcast, we hope to give you some practical ways to experience the presence of God. And to give you some spiritual disciplines to help you grow deeper in your relationship with God. We invite you to come and learn with us as we experiment and try on different ways to connect with our Creator. We're so excited you've joined us and we hope that this will encourage you in your walk with God. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. All right, welcome back to Presence Practice. Uh, We have the pleasure again of interviewing Steve D. He's been on our show before, and we are going to talk through a topic that is pretty interesting. I don't think we've ever really talked about this topic before, but... Not not overtly. So the topic is miracles. Right. And so we talk a lot about mystical things, right? And we talk about how we see God showing up in unexpected ways, um in our culture and like in our personal stories, but we haven't talked about like the theology behind exactly. it. So I think like, uh, Steve has done some work on that recently. And the thought was like, it'd be good to have Steve on just to kind of pick your brain a little bit, Steve on, uh, how you've like, how you've seen God like show up, but also then like kind of some of the theology behind it as well. Right. Exactly. So Steve, do you want to just give a 30 second little who you are and what you're passionate about what makes steve d steve d sure uh well i the main thing i do right now is i work for a ministry at rutgers called ratio christi it's apologetics based ministry Uh, i also teach high schoolers bible and do a lot of the same stuff with them i I give them uh, logical reasons for believing in the faith and how to defend their faith and I want them to grow deep in their their understanding of biblical theology to prepare them for college um, and then also I am a uh, been a church planner or again trained as a church planter yes. and taken some baby steps towards that recently but it's kind of hard to plant during a pandemic yes. but, uh, <laughs> just but we're a little. starting very small and <laughs> yes. we'll probably stay very small for a while yeah sure. gotcha yeah cool well, in our podcast, we talk a lot about, we just kind of talked a little bit about that, mystical things and how God shows up in powerful ways in both the unseen world and as well as our own. We just did a series on Little G Gods a little while ago, and um, but you've done work on miracles recently, so what are some of the myths or false beliefs that people have when it comes to the topic of miracles? Are there are there dangers and false assumptions? What do you have to say about that? Yeah, well, like you guys know, I come from a skeptical background before I I came to Christ. So I was, you know, this isn't like a topic I'm like, it's not like a bread and butter topic for me, but it's something I've wrestled with and read up a bit just to help me kind of work it out in my head to make sense of miracles. Um, So the first thing is, according to the Christian worldview, uh, miracles are possible. They make sense. So if you think about it, Um, God created everything out of nothing. I mean, that's a basic Christian belief, right? Um, We also believe God became a man, and then he died and rose again. So I would say, at the bare minimum, as Christians, we have to believe those three miracles, right? Right. That's a good, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so um, I would say anybody who doesn't subscribe to those three miracles, we couldn't fairly call them a Christian. Hmm. Um, So in the Christian worldview, miracles make sense, Um, So I think the easiest way to explain this is just like a conversation I had. Like once after church, uh, a woman pulled me aside and she's a science teacher. And she said to me, like, is it weird for me to believe in miracles? Like I'm a science teacher. I'm teaching my kids at a public school, Mm. yet I believe in miracles. Does this like 
really make sense. I don't know how to work that out. And so I just asked her, I said, well, do you believe God created everything out of nothing? She said, yes. I said, well, then miracles can happen. There you go. <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. It's like that simple. Said. I said, according to your worldview, yeah. God created everything out of nothing. Honestly, there's good, uh, a good philosophical and scientific argument that also uses math called the cosmological argument that is a very strong argument for a creator, an intelligent creator. Hmm. So, I mean, we could always go down that road. But I just said to her, well, if you believe God created everything out of nothing, uh, that's the biggest miracle. I mean, that's that's pretty huge. So God parting the Red Sea isn't a big deal after that. Right. Um, right. He made the rules. He can mess with the rules if he wants to. That's good. No, no that's good. Um, you, you said and this was like a in our earlier podcast, you had sort of a mystical experience that start, start, sort of started your Christian faith. And you kind of talked about the other side of that just now, of like really like the, at, at base, you at least have to believe in a few miracles happening. Like uh, what's the balance there as far as like uh, Christians? Like do they have to believe that uh, God is still doing miracles today? Or is, would you say it's like really, no, they, as long as they believe those three things, they're, they're good. That's opening up a can of worms, right? Because <laughs> yeah. um, basically you're asking, do miracles still happen today? And I know you you both probably know this, but there's two big schools of thought. And again, we tend to split everything into two big schools, but there's always a lot of nuance between mm-hmm. them. But the one is sensationalism. And mm. I, I, someone better say that because I always sound like I'm saying sensationalism. Cessational. Yes, I have heard of that before. Cessationalism. Right, and roughly that's the idea that miracles ended when the last apostle died. Mm, Um, And then the other school of thought is continuationalism, which is obviously that miracles have continued on to this day. Interesting. Now, to be perfectly honest, I haven't got too deep into reading about the two of them because it's really not a big issue for me personally and it's not a big issue that comes up when I'm doing ministry so Mm. I tend to dig into the stuff that are big issues for me or or people I'm talking to right Um, but um, let me just say this Uh, this is helpful just to think about is when you read the Bible I think there's over 250 miracles reported but most of those miracles are actually taking place around three major events or three major people involved in those events and hmm. i usually people can guess the first two pretty quickly so, so paul what do you and think? jesus <laughs> well no? well you said paul and, Je- paul well, and jesus obviously jesus right right uh paul and miracles i guess some i mean acts is what i'm thinking of like you have the acts of the apostles where they yeah. were healing people left and That's right true. i also think about um moses right? oh yeah duh. <laughs> like uh, yes. you know Yes. My favorite scene where, you know, the the rod and like he drops it down yes. and it turns into a a serpent or a snake 
and then it goes back into a rod. Yeah. So are those the first two, Moses and Jesus, that people yes. think so, of? Okay, good. Okay. So two, like I said, you could talk of them as errors or whatever, but obviously the one is Jesus and the apostles, right? right. The, the New Testament error. And then the other is Moses. Mm-hmm. And then actually the third one, which again, this was kind of something I wasn't aware of until you really start looking at, was Elijah and Elisha. Sure. Oh, um, that makes sense. Yes. Oh, so yeah. All those fun, like where they're trash talking the gods. Yes. You know? yeah. Where's your God? Is a God, you know, on the toilet? Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite parts of scripture. Oh, that's so trash funny. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. It's in there. It's a lot. It is. So, so it's interesting because I think people have this overall idea that there's just Bible uh, miracles evenly throughout the Bible the whole time, hmm. but you actually see them lumped together. Um, you also, a lot of times the Bible doesn't um, specifically mention time passing. So sometimes we tend to think certain events happen one after another, but there could be a big chunk of time. So the, big, the two big point. obvious ones is there was 400 years that... Israel was in Egypt, right? Where mm-hmm. God was just silent. Right. And then also between the Old and New Testament, we have about 400 years of just God being silent until John, uh, John the Baptist shows up, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's why it was such a big deal. It was like, we haven't seen a prophet in 400 yeah. years, you know? Yep. Um, so this tells us that God uses miracles for a specific purpose. Um, and it seems like when he uses these miracles, he's giving new revelation and he's letting us know these are his messengers. Um, hmm. So that being said, though, I, I, I also don't believe that miracles are done with. So let's put it this way. I'm a skeptical continuationist. continuationist. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. That, that makes sense. And I, I'm guessing, given what you just said, that like, and I, I know this is oversimplifying too, but you probably have groups of Christians that err too far on one side or the other. They're either like, don't give me anything about the miraculous or the mystical of God. And then you probably have some that are like, it's all like, they're only looking for the next miracle, which we, right. I've, we've seen people like that as well, where it's yeah. just constantly like we, we need the miracle to kind mm-hmm. of fuel our faith aside from everything else. Mm-hmm. Right. Is that fair to say that we have Christians kind of on both sides of that yeah. today? Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think there's a, big imbalance when you lean too much the one way, right? Uh, We talked a little in the last podcast about walking in our faith is there's an intellectual side to it, but then there's also an experiential side. Mm -hmm. And when people are always looking for that experiential, they tend to create a lot of experiential Mm -hmm. experiences, right? Right. Um, But then on the other side, if you're, if you're strictly have your face in a book all the time, um, you're, you might be missing some what God is stuff doing. God is doing, yeah. yeah. I think you're or totally even right. how God is, uh, you know, it, that does open up a bigger can of worms because it makes you wonder, like, do we see God now in, in the world working, right? Even working at all or, like, relating to us, connecting to us. Because it's, it's not that those things are directly connected, like, with miracles, but if you kind of throw out the idea that miracles don't happen now, it could almost kind of go into that gray area of like well then is god still working yeah like that's a dangerous exactly like is that does that mean it's all about my vote right you know for example because like if god's not active and working miracles then it's on me right to do it for him right (laughs) you know it's like i could see how that could really yeah be tricky and to to kind of hold both those two together i think is is the challenge right right and in some ways like sometimes i find myself wanting to argue that 
God did the greatest miracles he needed to do, right? He created us, and then he won us salvation through Jesus' death and resurrection, right? Mm -hmm. And then he gave us his word. So in a way, sometimes I find myself almost arguing like, well, we don't need miracles anymore because we have God's word, and mm -hmm. we know what Jesus did. And when you read the New Testament, they're constantly like, we can trust God now because of what he did in the past, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. On the other hand, though, I still think it's a mistake to say, like, miracles never happened. Right. Um, just to... To throw this out there, if anybody wants to check it out, uh, Craig Kinnear, who's like a, uh, a Christian scholar who writes, always writes incredibly thick books. Right. I, I want to read his books, but I look at them and I'm like, ugh. <laughs> you look um, <laughs> a lot of work. Yeah. He, this is interesting. He was writing a commentary on Acts and started writing a footnote about the, a miracle and started doing research. And that led to him writing a two-volume over almost 2,000 page book on miracles, hmm. on modern hmm. miracles. Wow. Um, so I've never read the book, but I've heard him interviewed very many times. And these are miracles that are well documented and have multiple eyewitnesses. So hmm. these aren't things he's just like, oh, my uncle's cousin told me this yeah. and it must have been true. <laughs> this is like well documented stuff that was witnessed by multiple was Witnesses. this primarily in the uh, in the Catholic world, or is it, is it a mix, or not the Catholic? Because I know yeah. Catholics have a much more robust tradition of miracles and mm. like going. They'll send you know teams out to like investigate. So I'm just curious. Also like, exorcisms. Right? Well, yeah, 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 all yeah. that. Like I'm just curious of like it was was it some of those, or do you know like a. Um, Based on the interviews, I'm, I'm not sure. Not I mean, I'm pretty sure he, he's Protestant, but I'm right. pretty sure he's looking at the whole scope. Yep. I mean, there could even be miracles that non-religious people experience that he records. Right, hmm. right. Um, but it, it's pretty interesting. And then if you want to read a much more readable kind of thing that touches on a lot of <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, Lee Strobel's book, The Case for Miracles, is really oh, nice. uh, helpful. I don't think I, don't I, think I knew that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's one of his newer books, and just like all his stuff, it's very readable. You yeah, know? yeah. Uh, yes. And he covers a lot of the same stuff and even interviews uh, Craig Kinnear in that book. Nice. Um, Interesting. But, yeah. Was he a, was Craig Kinnear a, was he a skeptic on miracles before, like, getting into it, or? I don't think so. It just kind of sparked his interest. Yeah. More. Like I said, the funny thing is he was literally doing a little research because he was writing a footnote, and it turned into an almost 2,000-page so book. That's crazy. You know? huh. Wow. of Jesus's miracles in general. So like, um, you know, I, I think there was even a Gnostic gospel where it had like teenage Jesus doing like things like floating, you know, <laughs> off the ground yeah. and hmm. killing birds and resurrecting him. Uh -huh. Of course. Killing kids and resurrecting them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, wow. yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it made him, you know, some of the Gnostic gospels make him out to be a magician, you know, oh. and also uh, like we've talked about before, like, the Gnostic Gospels will make him turn into, like, the whole idea of him being a man is just a facade. He's, you know, He's really just I'm really God, God. wink, wink, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. And so, like, they make yeah. him, like, you know, doing, like, all these, like, amazing miracle things. 
that's probably, I'm going to guess, not what we actually see in Scripture when it comes to the nature of miracles. Can you talk to us about, like, what, why did Jesus perform miracles? What were they like? And what does that mean for us? Yeah. Um, first of all, those, those that, uh, what is that, the infancy gospel of Thomas, mm-hmm. if you can read it, it's like, oh yeah, it's hilarious. It's, it's literally a Twilight Zone episode. There's That's a twilight, so old Twilight Zone episode <laughs> called It's a Good Life. And it's about a six-year-old kid who has godlike powers. And the whole town is just horrified of him because you know how impulsive kids are. Right. He, like, at the end, he turns his dad into, like, a jack-in-the-box and stuff. Oh, I and might have seen and that. And then you read. I think I saw that episode. It's the stuff of nightmares, yes. guys. That's oh my crazy. Gosh. But then you read this, this Gnostic gospel, and they basically did the same with Jesus in yeah. ancient times. And wow. he's like a terror. He's like kids make him angry, and he shrivels them up like prunes oh, and, man. and stuff like that. Okay. It's like, well, that's it's interesting. Crazy. Yeah, it is. Uh, but we clearly don't see that in Scripture. No. Um, honestly, and I wasn't planning on talking about this, but i was been looking into it quite a bit. And I, I honestly don't think Jesus performed any miracles until um, the, 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 um, the water wine. to wine. Yeah. Um, Interesting. And I think, yeah, obviously his birth was a miracle, but sure. him actually doing miracles didn't happen until he officially started his ministry. Hmm. Right. And again, uh, just like we talked about, uh, God uses miracles to confirm his messengers mm-hmm. and that there is a new message, a new revelation from him. Hmm. But also, uh, Jesus' miracles particularly are pointing us towards the new heven and the new earth. Mm. So That's almost all of them find significance in the Old Testament when, um, especially in the book of Isaiah, where there's passages about the new heaven and new earth. Mm-hmm. So you think about it in, in the new heaven and new earth, there won't be any death or sickness or, or shriveled up hands. Right. Yeah. And we see yep. we see Jesus healing all those. Right. right. Uh, we know that in the Old Testament, the, the new heaven and new earth is portrayed as a festival, like a feast mm-hmm. and yeah. a celebration. Mm-hmm. So he turns water into wine, mm-hmm. right? Um, so there's Good. all this significance to all his miracles that are pointing us towards the kingdom of God has infiltrated the world and is now healing it yes. and bringing it towards the, the kingdom of God in full, full fruition. Yeah. And that's such that's a good. different thing than we think. We think of miracles as being out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. But like when you take it like that, it's literally Jesus is actually saying these actions are what should be normative, mm. right? Like if the world wasn't fallen, then you wouldn't get sick. You wouldn't yeah. you wouldn't need healing, you know. If the world wasn't fallen, all water would be wine. Wait, was that out loud? (laughs) But like, I mean, in all seriousness, you said that in Isaiah, it paints the picture and it says, um, you know, one of the the signs of judgment was watered down wine. And so like wine for, for a Jewish person was representative of joy and celebration and festivity. And Mm -hmm. so like, it's interesting. Jesus first, you know, miracle was, it's about a party. Also maybe reminds me too of like, uh, wine being sort of a symbol of like this abundance if you're thinking through like a feast right, right, and, right. and saying like there's not going to be poverty there's not going to be want there's not going to be any of that you know yeah, yeah. well if you think yeah. about it the the water wine at the 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 marriage or the wedding he's essentially saying like in the new heaven and new earth we're not going to run out of wine yeah <laughs> right? yeah so yeah, take yeah. that baptist right? <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> Oh man, I love that being Italian. So yeah, I'll take yeah, that. I will take that. But that's funny. That's really cool. Yep. But yeah. Yeah. So there's no. a lot of symbolism. I think is what you're trying to say yes. that yes. that it's very intentional the miracles. And so, but modern modern day when we think about miracles, we think through, you know, people dying and then like being pronounced dead and then having this like spiritual experience, right, where they 
go to heaven or go to hell and then come back and like have a testimony. We don't think through miracles as being very intentional from God to to bring a message. That's a really different way to right, look at it. Right, that there's a purpose behind it. Mm-hmm. And, right. Go ahead. What are you no, saying? no, I'm uh, just saying right. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah the, the purpose being, you know, again, and this is like thick with theology, but like if we really believe that our end goal is not to leave this earth yeah. and go to heaven that's somewhere out there in the cosmos, exactly. but rather that... You know, Revelation, the end of the story is heaven comes down here and the kingdom comes. Mm-hmm. Then miracles become a trailer to a movie. And I'm totally ripping that off into right. But like, I love that. <laughs> yes, that's right. Great. Like, that's, that's great. Like, to get glimpses of this is just what it's going to look like from now on, yeah. I think makes sense. And that's what you're saying Jesus was kind of yeah. doing, right? He's yeah. saying this is what the kingdom looks like. It looks right. like water to wine, it looks like the lame. Can, can walk, right. you know. Nobody's hungry, right? Nobody's mm. hungry. Yeah. yeah, very, very practical things, not magic tricks, not parlor yeah. tricks, not, not yeah. Gnostic gospel type, type stuff. Yeah. Hmm. It's really cool. Yeah, so it's, it's funny, um, like, you know, just to jump to the skeptical point mm-hmm. of view, like I actually argue with skeptics that Christians are more open-minded because we're open to the possibility of miracles where the atheist worldview are closed off to those, right? So mm-hmm. I, I say, well, I'm not going to naively re- believe every report of a miracle. I'm going to look at each one case by case, but at least I'm open-minded enough to consider that maybe miracles actually happen. Right, right, right. right. That's, but it's, that's a good point. Yeah. But it, it's interesting, like, to, to, you know, again, this is going to be me being the nerdy theology apologetic guy. When you think about miracles, I think we have to be careful about what we call a miracle. Okay. So first Talk of all, first of all, it could be God's providence. There's a difference between God's providence and God's, and, and a miracle. So God's providence is like his normal work in daily life where God uses maybe naturalistic means to get his will done. Mm-hmm. So Right. Puts two people together that, like, need to get together because they know there's a connection. Right. You know, that we might say, like, we might even say it, what a miracle. But, like, yeah. what we mean is God was putting those things together. Yes. Not yeah. the same as a miracle. Right. True. Yeah, exactly. So, like, an extreme coincidence and you just, you know, I think we've all had these experiences where you just know the Holy Spirit did it, right? Yes. The Holy Spirit prods you to do something and you listen yeah. and you're like, well, that was a crazy coincidence. And yeah. you know God was at work there. Again, me being the theology nerd, that's not a miracle. That's God's providence. That's right. God doing what God does on a daily basis. Yeah. Which means you'd probably also distinguish between like mysticism and miracles as well. So I'll give you an example. Like we, t- we talk a lot about mystical experiences and even like dreams, you know, like Heather, you and I oh, have had yes. these conversations of like, you know, I think I had a dream and we shared it with Lots each other dreams. and we're like, like sometimes you'll be like, Hey, I think what if God was saying this through your yeah. dream? Like that's mystical, but probably not the same as a miracle. Mm-hmm. Is that what, mm-hmm. true? Is that how you would say it? Cause nothing was yeah. like really outside of like the natural law. At right. That point. Right. So I'm going to be very careful about what I pronounce as a miracle, right? right. Yes. Because I don't want to use that word lightly because we know, as you were saying earlier, there's people who throw that around mm-hmm. and then it becomes kind of meaningless, right? Yes. Like anything. So I think there's some good guidelines to keep in mind. So like, for example, there has to be no naturalistic explanation for it, right? right? So um, even the, the parting of the Red Sea, it says that God sent the wind. So in some ways you could almost say, 
well, was that a miracle or not? I mean, I definitely yeah, think that's it was. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because scripture tells us it was. And I know scientists have tried to recreate that using wind, wind. right? And have succeeded, I think. Like, I, I've, yeah. So okay. it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there needs to be no naturalistic explanation. Mm. Number two, there you hit on it, Tim. There needs to be a purpose behind it, mm. right? Mm-hmm. If it just seems like it's like, well, that was weird. Um, right. But there's no greater purpose behind it, then it, chances are it's not a miracle. Right. Uh, and then uh, another one is a big one is it has to be in agreement with God's word for it to be right. a proper Christian miracle. Because scripture is very clear that Satan's minions and Satan can do signs and wonders as well. Yeah. And lead us astray. And it actually tells us in Deuteronomy, even if a prophet makes an accurate prophecy mm. but tries to lead you away from god you're not to listen mm. and you're even to you know in ancient this is ancient israel not uh, yeah. the modern church but you're to stone that prophet to death yeah, yeah. right um so so we need to be careful because something that appears to be a miracle doesn't particularly mean it's from god we right. have to use discernment yes yeah. and going back to even like some of our previous discussions about the invisible world and like oh, yeah. the little g gods mm. like they're clearly capable of things that are not of this world, yes. that doesn't mean they're coming from, you know, our Yahweh God. Uh, yes, you know, because there's still Elohim that have power, right. and we have to remember that too. Yeah. yeah, and and their goal is to deceive us away, like you're saying, right. Steve, from God. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So That's it makes sense. Idea... That they might like do, you know, yeah, some tricks and like things to make you feel like okay, this could be God when it's actually yeah. not. Yeah. yeah, and you you brought up um, uh, Moses. Right. Mm-hmm. If right. you remember, the the Pharaoh's sorcerers were able to imitate some of the miracles. Yes, that's right. But then eventually it got to a point where they couldn't anymore. That's right. So that also tells us that God can obviously do things that nobody else can do, which yes. shouldn't surprise us. Shouldn't. But the interesting thing is they were able to imitate them to a certain extent. Yeah. And then after pretty quickly, they were like, yeah, yeah we can't do this anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're out. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. true. Yeah, that's a really, I never thought about that. Like, yeah. That. So. I have a question because this and this is not hypothetical because we've seen this. What we've seen people that have a very robust understanding of miracles, but they go as far as to say that, like, when it comes to things like a person is sick, that not only God, like, can God heal them, but God will heal them every time. Um, And we could talk about some of the bad fruit that that's led to. I I know uh, people in my life that are very dear that prayed for family members that were incredibly sick and you know yeah yeah lots of questions right after that of like okay is this a deal where the person praying didn't have enough faith or the person receiving didn't have enough faith because if God is a good God then why wouldn't he when we say let the kingdom come now why wouldn't the kingdom come now Mm -hmm. so what would you say to that person Steve um well there's no easy answer. That was not a softball. That was not a softball, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Master Tim. <laughs> well, obviously, there's no easy answer to that. And first, my, you know, you know this as someone who's been in, you know, pastoring for years, sure. is that person doesn't need a theological or apologetic answer at that moment. You just need to be present and yes. care for the person, yes. love that person. Of course. Now, if someone's asking me this on an intellectual level, like we're just, you know, hey, like we are right now, right? right? Um, I mean, again, there's no easy answer to that. We know that God is living and active, but we also know that he does what he pleases, right? God, you know, can do what he wants. And we live in a fallen world, so he's not going to heal everybody now. I mean, so we put our hope in the future resurrection of the dead and in Jesus Christ, who's the first fruits of that resurrection. 
Uh, but I would also add that those who believe that you know God will heal everybody, that is very theologically unsound because Paul himself, you know, Paul, right? right. Paul, yes. Yes, right? Paul. prayed three times for God yes. to remove the thorn from him. Yes. We're not sure what that thorn is, yep. but God did not answer Paul's prayers and actually said it was for Paul's own good, mm-hmm. right? He said, yeah. my grace mm-hmm. is sufficient. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was teaching Paul humility and dependence on him, right? Yeah. So yeah. so I think that's really important. Anybody, anytime anybody comes at me with any of this health and wealth stuff, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I just point them to the apostles. Yeah. I was like, most of them, I mean, we can't <laughs> prove, well. <laughs> right, we can't prove it all historically, but from church history, almost all of them died an early death as yeah. a martyr. Yeah, um, exactly. Well, yeah. even like, we're, we're studying the letter of Philippians right now, and like just how pragmatic Paul is, like, because he keeps saying things in the letter, and it cracks me up a little bit, because he's like, I'm pretty sure I'm coming to you soon. And then like two verses later, I don't really know, like, I this may be <laughs> it for me, I may die. Like, he's very yep. like, just realistic all and not it. Pollyanna about yeah. it. Not like, you know what? Yeah. Uh, as I wrote elsewhere, all things work together for good. It's yeah. going to be fine. I'm going to be healed and released from prison. Like, he's like, no, this may be, this could be it. I think it's not, but it could be it. You yeah. know, and I think, like, yeah. but you're right. Like, that strand of, like, okay, if you really have enough faith, which is not, not only is it not healthy, like, I've seen people's faith destroyed over this mindset that mm-hmm. if you just have enough faith, a miracle will come. Follow-up, I guess, to that would be, what is the is there a link between my faith and a miracle for God to show up? In other words, Heather smashes her hand. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, yeah. I, I pray you drop for drop an anvil on her. Yeah, I, I, I did the uh, like, uh, the acne yeah. anvil yeah. that falls down <laughs> yeah. from the sky and crushes her hand. Like I pray for a hand to be healed. It doesn't happen. Like, is there any link between her? Faith, my faith, and a miracle. Yeah, I don't see that in Scripture. Um, yeah, I just don't see that in Scripture. Like I said, Paul prays three times for right. healing, and, and his prayer isn't answered. So I think that answers that pretty mm-hmm. pretty plainly. Um, I think part of the problem is people have a very short-sighted view. They forget eternity, right? That's um, a good point. And they want healing now yeah and again we forget that we have all of eternity to spend with jesus That's right really so point. um the suffering we experience in this life is going to be a forgotten memory in the mm-hmm. the you know when you consider eternity right um so i think we get caught up with i want it now i need it now if god was good he'd do it now but listen god is good because he died on the cross for you so you can live for eternity with him and i want to piggyback on that comment too because i think that's exactly why people lose their faith as they start saying well god isn't good if god didn't answer this you know then god isn't good and i literally just heard on the way over here tim Mackey uh talking about the the passage about asking you will receive right and people think well, if I'm asking God, he's, Jesus says it right here, like, I'll receive. Why am I not receiving, right? It's that health and wellness sort of maybe mindset. And I heard him say, and I think this is really great, is that if we're looking at God as our father, you know, we think about our own children. If our children are asking for lollipops, like, for every single meal, like, we, right. might, say one, we might say yes one time, right? Yeah, you mm. can have a lollipop. That's fine. But... It would be unwise and unloving of me to say yes to letting them have something that's not good for them. And and it just shows the level of like God's understanding is so different than ours. And when, when we look at ourselves as his children, 
then we have to trust that he is being good by saying no sometimes and not doing those things. That's a, that's a very good point. And I just thought that was so profound because if people could have maybe make that shift, they could actually still see God as good and not lose their faith when he says no. But, you know, it's interesting. And I, I agree with what you're saying, Heather, but like what what's funny is when a person does that and says, I think God should have done this and he didn't. Yeah. Like what I, what I want to say, and I'm thinking of a, a person right now that's in my life that's close, is I want to say for an atheist, you're sure really mad at God. Yeah. Right? Like you're angry at the God yeah. that you don't believe in. Yeah. Which, you know, it's a different thing. I want to say like you're not an atheist. You're just really, really mad yeah. at God. And, and you've been a, really hurt. And you've been really hurt. Yeah. Right. And the purpose thing, Steve, that you talked about, I think um, is big too because like God doesn't just throw out miracles for no reason. Right. And like, I think um, one of the things we're learning in Philippians too is like Paul, when he looks at the power of God, he's almost always looking at it in uh, like the propagation of the gospel, right? And that's why he's like saying things like, if I'm in prison, that's great because the word's going to go out yes. here. Yep. If I'm not in prison, that's great because I get to be, go be out. But everything is in terms of the gospel going out. Mm -hmm. And so like a sign and a wonder, and I think that's one of the questions we had for you. Is there a a biblically a difference between a miracle and a signpost or a sign mm -hmm. like what what's the relationship between those two i think they're one and the same yeah um especially the gospel of john he always calls them signs right and usually i think i mean i haven't done an in-depth study but i think the bible uses that expression signs and wonders uh, all the time to speak of what we call miracles mm -hmm. uh, so there's significance to all of them um, and i think you're totally right uh, that uh, usually they have to do with propagating the gospel and mm -hmm. spreading the gospel mm -hmm. or bringing someone to faith. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, it's very rare that it's just like, hey, you're a good guy. I'm going to heal you. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. If that was the case, I mean, we'd have a lot more questions for God, right? Like right. so many people that were like, hey, if anybody deserves to be healed, right. yeah. deserves in airports. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Well, think about um, Nabil Qureshi. He was a, a former Muslim, became a Christian, became a, a brilliant apologist with uh, Ravi Zacharias. Well, take Ravi Zacharias. He passed away too, right? Yeah. Um, but um, Nabil Qureshi was in his early 30s, brilliant, extremely intelligent guy, wrote three books, you know, bringing Muslims to faith, gets aggressive stomach cancer, dies, uh, I forget, it felt like a year, like mm -hmm. it only took a year for wow. us to lose him. And I even, you know, again, I hang out with people who are into apologetics, and they were struggling with that. They're mm. like, why would God take Nabil from us? Yeah. You know? But you, you gave them the right answer, right? That, oh, God was just really ready for them to be in heaven. That's <laughs> yeah, the yeah, typical, yeah, that's like, I, that cliche, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know. I guess, like, maybe a good way to end this. This is a great yeah. conversation. Um, yeah. Let's make it practical, though. So, like, and we touched on this, like, a little bit. And we talked about the balance of like Christians either looking for miracles everywhere versus not looking at all. Like Steve, for for that, like what? How do you think we should go about like viewing miracles? Like, should we actually be looking for miracles, or should that just not even be on our radar? Like right now in yeah. in the modern world. You know me. I, I always say it comes back to having a balanced view. Sure. Right. <laughs> so it's like I don't think we should seek them out. Um, I've never. I don't see anything in scripture about seeking out miracles. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And I, I feel like any church, because this is, you know, there are churches that do this. They are really set on having a miracle happen in the service that yes. day. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah. Yep. And usually it's a con job 
warrants. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're doing something to manipulate the crowd, right. and it, it leads to this sort of nonsense. I think right? about Steve uh, Steve. Uh, oh my gosh, Steve Martin's uh, Leap of Faith. Uh, oh, yeah. Did you ever see that? No. Do you guys ever see that movie? Yeah. The whole thing is him doing this big con job, and he has like an earpiece, and he's getting. Um, information about people like right. in the thing. I'm sure that exists true. Yeah. in real life but like the movie is actually absolutely fascinating yeah. and it ties into what we're saying because yeah. in the movie spoiler alert um, but it's been out for over 20 years so it's your fault <laughs> if you haven't watched it uh, the real a real miracle happens in the midst of it and it it shakes him up because like wow. he's so used to manipulating mm. everything right that like when the real thing happened, he has no He's, explanation for it, which I laugh because like it's Hollywood. So like they probably weren't thinking of this, but like it's exactly what we're talking about. Right. It's a sign and a wonder that like, hey, never mind the con job you see here. Mm -hmm. Like God is still, mm -hmm. you know, God is still moving and still active. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah so I would say don't don't seek it out, but also be open to it. Right. Yeah. right. So keep your eyes open. And again, come from it. This might sound horrible, but also use your discernment, right? Yeah. I was going to say, come at it as a skeptic. That's a little too hard. Use discernment, right? Yeah. Is is That's there good. multiple witnesses? Is there prior documentation? Mm -hmm. So let me, I, I want to make sure mm -hmm. I share this yeah. with you before we're done. So just a good example of this. And you could put this in, share this with everybody. In I'll, the show I'll notes. send you the link. Yes, please do. Um, but look up Dwayne Miller video. Okay? okay. So this guy, Dwayne Miller, was a pastor in Texas. Um, he got the flu and it damaged his windpipe to the point where it um, the nerves of his vocal cords mm. were destroyed okay. so he could only talk in this little raspy voice mm. it says he went to 63 doctors including to a Swiss symposium of throat specialists Jeez. so if this it's is Swiss all, it's should have done it's got to be good right <laughs> sorry <laughs> the, the resident Swiss has to like you of know of course of course <laughs> yeah so he uh, so this is all well documented okay there's you know doctor's records everywhere recording right. that this guy's nerves were dead in his throat. Okay. His church invites him back one day because he lost his job, right? Couldn't hold a job because he couldn't talk. Mm -hmm. um, his church invites him back one day and they say, listen, we love you and we just want you to teach us. Uh, so we're, we'll mic you up, you know, we'll, we'll be, you know, okay with, you know, you struggling it through it, but we just want to hear you. He's preaching on Psalm 103 um, which is about healing, hmm. okay? And his voice comes back. Oh, my gosh. Okay? Now, listen to this. This is what one doctor said. Even if I could explain how you got your voice back by coincidence, which I can't, I could never explain what happened to the scar tissue. So that means the scar tissue in his throat is gone. Wow. And now he's a pastor again. I think he even has a radio show. Now, here's a really cool thing. They were recording when this happened. So you can listen to Oh my gosh, that's You so can cool. hear his I've voice come back. Yes. Oh, and, that's awesome. You know, I was joking in the last time we talked about, you know, I'm pretty good at putting up the non-emotional yeah. front, yeah. but if you want me to cry, you can yes. put it on. that video. <laughs> I love yeah. it. The stuff he's talking oh, about is man. so relevant to what we're talking about in this conversation. Wow. And it was just like, God was like, all right, you know. We can we, link that video yes. in the show yeah. notes. Yes, but we you're will. like, if I remember, if it's the same one I'm thinking, and maybe, maybe this has happened more than once, is it the one where like he starts out and it starts out scratchy, yeah, but then yeah. all of a sudden the voice kicks in yeah. and it's almost like you see it on his face of like... Well, there's no uh, visual of it. It's just the audio. Okay. And okay. he's really raspy. And as he's talking, it's slowly yes, yeah. becoming right. clearer. Oh, that's exciting. And then he even starts that. getting like, I, I don't know what to make of this. Wow. You know? Yes. I, yeah. um, 
And like I said, the psalm he's reading is so relevant to what happens to him and what we're talking about, you know. But God decided at that point to give a sign of the new heaven and new earth, you know, as this guy's preaching on, we believe in a God who heals, right? Wow. Yeah. It's really cool. I think, I mean, that's, that's a great way to end, right? Because if our prayer as Christians is thy kingdom come, thy will be done mm-hmm. on earth as it is in heaven, we're praying for the kingdom to come down. So in that sense... You're right, we're not looking for miracles everywhere, but we're looking for the kingdom. And the kingdom might have what look like miracles to other people, but what we know is actually just the kingdom. You know, it's just what kingdom looks like. Kingdom's not death. Kingdom is not sick. Kingdom is not poor. It's not blind. All those things. Well, sometimes people ask, um, like, well, why don't we see as many miracles, you know, in the United States or or in the West? And again, it's all speculation, we can't really say, but like some people say, well, first of all, um, the gospel has spread throughout the West, right? You can go and to a bookstore and pick up a Bible now, you can hear the gospel on radio shows, on podcasts. Um, and then also we have things that, that were the fruit of Christian faith, like hospitals and orphanages yes. and things that bring the kingdom yep. of God here. Yeah. And what you really see a lot of miracles reported is in places where the, the gospel is spreading now, like Africa, South America, Asia. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I'll just say this and then I'll be quiet. But um, <laughs> uh, the funny, uh, funny expression I've heard, which is really true, they said, if you really want to meet the people at a seminary, like mm-hmm. the professors who really believe in spiritual warfare and miracles, mm-hmm. you have to go to the missionaries department. Mm. Because it's those guys on the front line yes. of bringing the Gospels that they see witness yeah. like crazy stuff. Yep. Uh, so, that's yeah. good. That's, yeah. really that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, nice. that's awesome. Well, thank you again, Steve. And uh, we, we also will be linking, you have a website, right? You yep. want to talk about your website really fast? Oh, I have two. Blog. One's just a blog. I write like a lot of apologetics and theology. I also do some book reviews. That's godfromthemachine.blog. Okay, yep. we'll, link we'll link it as yep. well. Okay, yep. and then I have my ministry website, which has sermons, talks by me, kind of every little odd and end you need to know about my ministry, and that's confidenceinchrist.net. Very nice. Yep. Okay, yep. we will link all that. And yep. again, thank you so much for being here with us today, and thank you guys for listening. We, uh, we're very excited to keep bringing this this material to you guys. So, take care. Bye.